Welcome to episode eight of the Becoming Army podcast. My name is Lisa, or Soph, and in this episode, as always, I'm joined by my good friend Annalise. Hi, Ann. How are you doing this week? Um, it was a light week. How so? I only had to work for 70 hours. Ooh. So, you know, that's like 10 hours. Actually, the last two weeks were 90 hours. So that's like 20 extra hours this week. And I went to sleep. All of it. <laughs> Every last drop of it went to sleep. Sleeping. Like I, I took three naps really... yesterday. Wow. Yeah, I was really, I was really fucking tired. There was no chance. There was, there, there was, there was a tentative plan by me. I didn't tell Emily this. There was a tentative chance last night to record an episode of Anna and Emily Wrestler podcast. It didn't mm-hmm. fucking happen because I Aww. slept through our recording time, um, which is fine because I didn't write the show, nor did I tell Emily I was I was wanting to do the show. <laughs> so it didn't really fucking matter, anyways. Well, um, you must have needed the sleep. Yeah. So just worth slightly, it. just 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 slightly. <laughs> slightly worth it and we're gonna do this and then i think i'm gonna go to bed again nice because yeah what else should a saturday before (sighs) (laughs) recording podcasts and sleeping oh it's too fucking much (laughs) all right let's get episode one done episode eight no this is episode one i'm confused this is what you should have started me off with so Oh, well, it's too late now, so. (laughs) I am going to make the contention throughout this episode that this is exactly what we should have started off with. Yeah, and I did actually have a note to ask you about about it, about your feelings uh, after watching all of this group stuff. And I should just introduce what we're doing in the episode now that we're talking about it already. Mm -hmm. We, We finished the episodes on the individual members. Uh, we did them in order from, you know, fan chan order, leader going down from oldest to youngest. Uh, so now that we're done with that, uh, we haven't 100% nailed down what the show's going to be like for the next 69 episodes. Uh, but I am super excited in this episode to talk to you about the real star of, of BTS what makes them so amazing is the OT7 content, which means all of them as a group. Because at the end of the day, that's where they really shine, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this episode is kind of an end to that earlier phase. And it's also the beginning at the same time, because there's no way I could possibly show you all of the content, the OT7 content in one episode, obviously. <laughs> I haven't, Look, I haven't. I haven't even watched. I haven't even watched Umbrella Academy from like five years ago yet. I don't have time for all the BTS content. But I am pretty excited to to share this stuff with you and start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, what I picked for you to watch in this episode is only the tip of the iceberg. But I thought the best place to start would be kind of the story of how I became an army. This, like, the order that I discover things. Um. So I hope you'll indulge me as I tell you the story of how I became army. Mm-hmm. You were you were just born loving pretty boys. Uh guilty. Well, I was I was born loving uh 
historical Scottish men in kilts, but that's a whole nother podcast. All right. Anyway, the the first song, I, I kind of put these songs in the order that I discovered them. So the only place we could possibly start would be to have you watch the Dynamite music video. And that's because I'm a Dynamite Army, as literally millions of people probably are. <laughs> uh, came out in August 2020, and it was the first full English uh, track that they did, I'm pretty sure. And it just blew up huge in America, as you could probably guess. Uh, it's off the album B, which actually didn't come out until a few months later in the fall, I'm pretty sure. Um, but this is the first video I remember watching over and over again and really starting to notice them as, as individual members. And it's just the poppiest of all possible pop, feel-good pop songs <laughs> that they've mm -hmm. done. Um, what was your initial impression of, of the song or video? The Tiny Desk concert version is better. Um, I was going to say you have heard the song before. Oh, yeah. Um, I really like this song. This is this is just a classic pop song that is not trying to be anything other than a pop song. And it is it is the most transparently poppy and <laughs> genuinely um, kind of sweet pop song. It's about literally nothing. Yeah, don't try to analyze the lyrics of this song. No, they no, literally no, make no. zero sense. <laughs> nope, they make no sense whatsoever. It is just a song that exists for delivery of the music um, and for delivery of these boys who are trying their hardest to be pretty and not so obviously rip off Michael Jackson dance moves. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people try to rip off Michael Jackson dance moves. They what? just do it better. They a nicer way to say it is better. that they're influenced by one of the greatest performers of all time. Yep, that is, off, that is. I suppose you could say. <laughs> well, there's there's a there's a lack of the of the kind of naturalism that Michael Jackson had to his moves, um, mm. because these are very obviously trained, and a lot of Michael didn't seem as trained; just seemed much more natural. But that's also a sign of high training. So there you go. Um, I might be reading it through that lens of growing up in the 1980s. But could be. the the song itself, the video, there's nothing wrong with, with any of it. There's nothing there's nothing you can say that's bad about it. Um unless the the unless pop music is literally something that you hate. And Which, who hurt you if that's true? <laughs> again, you gotta remember that there's a reason to be hurt by pop music because pop music in the nineteen eighties was basically this devil trying to convince you that capitalism and malls were good. Hmm. I'm not kidding about that. That is that is what pop music. No, in the no, 80s I, was. I know, I, I I get that, but so so pop music. <laughs> okay, if you look at okay pop music through the decades, very very quickly, just starting in the 1950s. Yeah, please give me a lecture on pop music. <laughs> no, just just to just to contextualize this, because when you say who hurts you when someone has a negative reaction to pop sound, this is why, and this okay. is for the army <laughs> to understand why why there are certain people, punks, people who are into metal. Who are going to look at this and go? This is corporate bullshit. I will not. I will not succumb to it. I will it's say there because... are crossover. I know plenty of armies that are into those kinds of music as well. Yes, I'm aware. But there's a okay. reason why a certain type of punk and a, a certain type of metal fan would hear this and cringe, regardless yeah. of what, regardless of everything we've just talked about. 
pop music in the 1950s was all there was. It was all there was. Everyone was basically pop. Radio was still kind of figuring itself out. American genres and music really hadn't been clearly defined. The guitar had just become had just become the dominant instrument in uh, American music thanks to actually a couple of really important women who I'm sure we'll talk about in another episode, but I'm not going to bring them up right now. In the 1950s, there was a divergence in pop music where rock and roll started to go one way, country music started to go another very distinct way. Because if you listen to a lot of things that we now call country or what we call rock and roll from the 1950s, there's a whole lot of crossover there. There's still a lot of mixing influences. It really starts, the genres start to diverge in the 1950s, in the 1960s, in in late 1950s, early 1960s. By the time we hit 1965, 1967, I mean, the lines are clearly drawn, although genre is still a spectrum. By the nineteen by the nineteen seventies, I will not I will not dismiss disco as I would have twenty years ago as just complete and utter shit. It's pop music. But disco became <laughs> the proto pop sound that we'd get in the nineteen eighties. Now the problem with that in the nineteen seventies is you also had like this era of really cool singer songwriters doing beautiful poetry. You had that in the 60s, of course, going back with Bob Dylan. But you also had the emergence of the three rawest musical genres that we think of today, which are punk, metal, and rap, all of which have roots in stuff that happened in the 60s. I mean, Iggy and the Stooges was from the 1960s because all good things start in Detroit. Fuck you, everybody else. Um, And then... In the nineteen in the nineteen seventies, you have you have this emergence of punk metal and rap that is that goes into what I would say is mostly a very authentic direction. It will get ruined, but like everything does in the nineteen eighties and the nineteen nineties. Hey, I and was then you born have disco, in the 90s. <laughs> and you have you have disco that kind of morphs strangely into the pop music that you hear from you know Tiffany, Debbie Gibson, Wham. all the mall the mall music. <laughs> All of the mall music in the 1980s and music that comedian Bill Hicks correctly said, this is music to me in the 1980s. He said, this is music uh, meant to make you think that malls are a good idea. And he's not wrong. And so in the 1990s, when Kurt Cobain walks out and basically kills hair metal and kills 80s pop, as you hear the first, the first licks of uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, that is what everyone is latching on to, you know, 1992 and onward as kind of this sound is dead. Now, there was never anything wrong with the sound. But what the sound was attached to lingers on for a lot of people. And so punk bitches like me hear pop music and the immediate reaction is ick. And that's yeah. the thing that needs to be understood. Now, now you did say there are some some BTS army members who would primarily identify themselves as punk or metalhead or whatever it is. They would also, you know, having a lot of crossover with. But yeah. if you're of a certain age, if you're of a certain age, and that age or older, you might hear pop music as kind of this betrayal of what music is supposed to be. And so, even yeah. though I think Dynamite is a lovely, perfect little pop song, it is. It is it is it is Penny Lane of the modern era. Another song that has very little meaning to it. I mean, there's some dirty <laughs> jokes in there, but it is, but it is that kind of song. There's no real meaning to this song. The story goes nowhere. 
There's nothing going on. Who cares about the banker not not wearing a Mac in the rain? I'm referencing yeah. Penny Lane and Beatles fans. Um, but the, the these things don't mean anything. It's just a delivery vehicle for interesting, catchy music that might be completely shallow, but I don't think that you can listen to Dynamite and not smile. Yeah. I think that even the people who... <laughs> That's my long about way of, of of analyzing the song without analyzing the song, because I think this is <laughs> I think this is we can't analyze we can't analyze the lyrics. They're just I mean, uh, 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 RM is talking about giving people medicine, and I'm just like, you're not a doctor. But he does have very lovely blue hair, which is one of yes, the things that first caught my eye. <laughs> he's adorable, but this song is stupid in the best way. Yeah, and I, a... I I can see why you need to compare. It's kind of LBTS as one of the biggest pop acts in existence in the recent years. You you got to kind of look at the history of why people might have some issues with pop music and why pop artists face a lot of like preconceived notions about the kind so of music I think, they make. I think you're underplaying this. I know punks who would stab a pair of scissors into their ears before willingly listen to this. Well, it's their loss. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> that's the trauma of pop music being so closely linked all right. with all the evils of capitalism. Oh, right. You can't, well, you, can't, you can't dismiss that just because pretty boys are singing it. There's no ethical consumerism under capitalism, man. Yes, this is true. But some punks don't get that. <laughs> And well, this is what this is one of the things you have to. If, I mean, if you're talking about becoming army, spreading the gospel of army to all corners, <laughs> then you have to address this shit. Because otherwise, we are addressing it. We are addressing I know. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying this is this isn't for as much as I'm smiling when I'm talking about this, and for as much as you're laughing, this is very serious, and this is an affront to a lot of that counterculture stuff. That again, musically, uh, in 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 the terms and parlance that we're talking about started in the late 70s when when music genres were very clearly defined as opposed to 20 years before in the 50s where you could listen to the same song on either a country station or a pop station or a rock station because everybody liked the big bopper mm. except for old people who thought that it was really kind of you know dirty music and it absolutely was but <laughs> That's... Well, the music industry has certainly changed a lot since then. <laughs> Except all the same people are in charge of it. All these old old white men. So smash the patriarchy and let's move on. Yeah. That goes without saying on one of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the next song uh, I had you listen to is one of my... I it, It's hard for me to use the words favorite video. Um. But it's Black Swan, the Black Swan music video I had you watch. And it's from, album came out right before uh, Dynamite, uh, Map of the Soul 7, which came out in February 2020. And I don't, you know, know anything influential that may have started happening around that period of time or anything. Um, but I, I love all parts of this video. I love the song. I love... I think it's so unique in comparison to all of their other music and a, like any other K-pop. Um, I'm not trained really well to talk about why it's unique. Maybe you can help me out with that. But um, 
And the music video is so gorgeous. It's shot in this like old timey theater. And just like the way they shoot the video is, it's got a lot of modern dance in it. Um, at, 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 for lack of a better term, artsy music video <laughs> is what I would call it. Um, yeah, and and the like I said, the 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 modern dance from Jimin in particular really stands out. Um, uh, before we get into the, and this is one song I do want to talk about the lyrics. Um, but before we do that, did you have any initial impressions, Anne? Uh, no, it's just pretty. It really is. It really is. We could we could spend a lot of time talking about where this was shot in, um, the the use of wings, um, the 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 both pre- preserved and decaying nature of the theater, and there are parts of the the video that look like they're shot in a different building. So there's a lot going on here. And when we say theater, let's be very clear. We're not talking about a movie theater. We're talking no. about stage theater. Yeah. Um, so it looks like, and, and all of it looks like uh, late 19th, early 20th century. I'm going to say uh, trying to be Paris, but I'm not sure if it is. I'm I mean, pretty sure it heard... was filmed in L.A. somewhere. Okay. So then it's definitely trying to copy that style. Yeah. Um. So this is this is a real theater that exists. Yeah. Um but it 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 does feel like fake Paris. Um which is not <laughs> which that's not a slight that's not a slant in the video. I'm just talking about the it's, architecture of the, it, yeah. of the theater. Yeah. Um the theater's gorgeous. It just does exactly feel like fake fake Paris. Um it feels like I'm in a bigger version of the Michigan theater um here in Ann Arbor. So yeah, um it's pretty. I like it. It's just this one doesn't grab me as much. Well, um, let me talk a little bit about why I, I get attached to the lyrics of the song. Um, in order to do that, I'm going to read the translation of a press release um, that they were that the company released to streaming sites. It's kind of a description of it. In Black Swan, BTS steps into the deep inner side of the self and faces the shadow it has been hiding as an artist. It is a confession of BTS as an artist who grew up to be a global superstar. A dancer dies twice, once when they stop dancing, and this is the first death, is more painful. Martha Graham. Black Swan is created with dancer Martha Graham's quote as a motif. Like a dancer faces their first death when they stop dancing, The track contains the fear of the moment where BTS is no longer able to perform on stage as an artist. Through Black Swan, the members of BTS express that as they continue to do music more and more, they will face their first death as well well if the music fails to touch their hearts or to make them excited. But every time such a moment happens, I hear another voice of mine from deep inside. I face the Black Swan in me. And ironically, I come to the realization that music is the only thing I have. Through the mature, self-reflecting lyrics, BTS conveys its confession as an artist who learned what music means to self. So, I think that's not all a right. Typical. The title, 
the title's making more sense now. <laughs> because one of the things that was bothering me about this was there was no obvious reference to like the most famous black swan. Uh, from Swan Lake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, know, that's not what it was this... about. <laughs> no, actually, that's totally what it's about. It's oh, about that it? second death. So this is coming about 10 years after Darren Aronofsky's uh, Black Swan film with uh, Natalie Portman, which she won her Oscar for. So that's mm. starting to make a whole lot more sense. And the use of shadows dancing in the ways that they're not dancing in the video, and then the pop of the wings, this all is starting to make sense. So there are several, um, there are several motifs that are evocative intentionally or unintentionally of both the way in which the Swan Lake Ballet is staged and the way in which the um the the Aronofsky film is shot. And mm. so that starts to make a lot of sense. So there are multiple motifs that seem to be part of that. Like the parts that I'm noticing that appear to be in a different building look like they're in a dance training studio that just doesn't have bars on it for some reason because there should be a ballet bar in that in that room that i'm thinking of in the video so there's the song is making more sense when you read the press release because and this is again just you know me being old i hear someone say thang and i'm just like okay i'm done with you That just that that particular affectation just bugs the shit out of me. Hmm. Um, well, that's like when I'm, gl- like when I'm glad was... that I explained the the lyrics a little yeah. more because that's not really what the song is about. <laughs> no, and the song the song now makes that sense with the dancer dying two deaths because that's exactly what it feels like with Black Swan, um, and it makes a lot of their movements make a lot more sense because now I'm seeing more of the ballet in there. So they're not being unaware of the ballet and they're certainly not being unaware of the Aronofsky film because there are so many haunting images with the shadows being used there, which is not part of the Aronofsky film, but there is an element of haunt to this, the specter of the the recognition and the realization that no matter what they might be saying to keep themselves going, they know their time is limited. They yeah. know this is not going to be forever. And that's got to be There's got to be, be some, a point where. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but yeah, that's yeah. got to be something every popular performer thinks about. More so for a group that is so focused on dance, because as dancers will tell you themselves, dance breaks down your body faster as you get older. And so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where they have to be really cognizant of what can they do now versus what will they be able to do later, even though they're all relatively still very young then, and they're probably going to be able to continue doing this for at least another decade, if not more. They know that this particular style of being an idol group, which is a good way to categorize them, does have a shelf life. It does have a shelf life because you will your body will age out of being able to do all of this as consistently, and that's you know something that you and I can attest to is being in our forties. Yep, <laughs> your body ages out <laughs> of being able to do certain things. Everything hurts, and we don't even you know perform for a living. <laughs> well, you. Don't I mean, you could argue. I the, I definitely the... perform for a living. Okay, 
different types of performing. I don't do this kind of performance, but I definitely perform for a living. That's this like, yeah. So and... no, um, so that that makes a little bit more sense. It makes the thing a little bit easier to understand. And just so everyone knows, Self wrote all this in the notes, but I purposely do not read Self's notes. Oh. I do not because I want to just react to the music and let Soph's notes be there for her to talk about. That way, I am just fo- I'm just focusing on the music and I'm not letting Soph influence me before we record. That's a good way to do it. It's um, one way to do it. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> it's what we're doing. <laughs> it's what we've done for eight episodes now. And I, I appreciate you letting me speak for my for myself and. Not that you would never let me, like, force you into opinion or try to influence your opinion. You're perfectly capable of making your own opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and often do. Um, but I, one last thing about the song. Um, the album it's off of, like I said, came out in February 2020. And they had a big, huge tour canceled, which I think we've mentioned before. But obviously, with the pandemic, they had to cancel it. And they were actually planning on going to do their military service like right after that and of course the pandemic kind of changed all their plans so they were in the midst of pondering the end of of that era of their group so that kind of adds extra poignancy um to the song for me as well Mm -hmm. besides all the stuff we've already talked about and like you said all that, all that deep intellectual stuff, but also men in black corsets and wings. Sign me up for this. Yep. You're <laughs> um, transparent. I, yeah, I've never tried to hide why I like BTS. Uh, no, you, you, you've been completely up, up, upfront and honest with this. You're going to marry all seven of them. As soon as they legalize polygamy, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, I have this strange feeling that I've just angered about half of the fan base. You're like, no, that's my plan. <laughs> well, it's all of our plans, obviously. I, I'm not involved in this plan at all. <laughs> uh, well, moving on to the next song, it's actually from the same album. This isn't the the original music video. Like, they did kind of a story narrative video. Um, which is fine, but I don't really like it that much. It's um, the song On, and it's called the Kinetic Manifesto film Coma Prima, which I'm sure means something in music that I don't know. Um, do you happen to know what Coma Prima means? Off the I'm... top of my head, no. Okay. Um, I didn't bother to look it up because this That's was fine. actually my favorite of the videos that you gave me to watch. Oh, my God. Um, like I said, it's hard for me to pick my favorite, but probably Black Swan and this video are, it would probably be one of those if I had to pick. They're just so freaking different. (laughs) Um, Um, this is not a hard choice for me. Uh, there's so much about this video to like. Um, first of all, I'm a band geek. And this whole thing is a marching performance. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up too. As a former marching band member, I'm a sucker for that for that sound and just watching people and move move in formations like that. Ugh, love it. Just no, everything about this video is a march is a marching band's performance. Everything about um, the dances they've decided to incorporate are meant to incorporate 
with marching band. And the fact that it's basically a fucking marching band at the end is all I needed. Um, <laughs> I also like that they, that they pick dancers on ability because there are some non-standard dance body types that you're seeing yeah. in the group. And so they, they made some really conscious choices with how they put this together. And the song services the um the performance and just nothing about this i didn't like yeah i i i i sit down like after i pick the songs i sit down and watch them and type up the notes as i'm watching to think of what to say and with this one i just kind of find mouse found myself just watching the video um like i do anytime this comes on there are certain parts that i just cannot pull my eyes away from because i just mm -hmm. Their performances are so good, so good in this. Uh, any Yungi biases will know the moment where he they zoom in on his face and he's growling at the screen. Ugh. Gives me mm -hmm. lots of lots of feelers in my lady bits. Um, and mm -hmm. Jimin doing the body rolls. Uh, you know, Jungkook's high notes during his the kind of interlude in the middle. Um, Th those are just a few. It's just, I guess it's the name of the film, Kinetic Manifesto, but just the motion and the energy of the performance always gets me super hyped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have no. a whole lot to say about this. There's <laughs> not a whole lot to analyze about this. There's, there's, there's a couple people wearing gas masks and it's a marching band. It's really just a marching band. Yeah. And, and it's... And amazing yep just i'm 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 here for i'm here for this i'm not quite down with the set i find the set a little kind of like it, it looks like the la aqueduct somewhere or yeah. the la river i'm not super familiar but it's been in a lot of movies and stuff yeah so it, it just that doesn't do anything for me but the performance of the song and the performance of the dancing and the fact that it's just ends up being a literal marching band at the end yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't. I've, 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 it's I mean, good. Art, you already got me with dynamite. That I'm not gonna choose. Like, if this if this did not have the video attached to it, I would not listen to the song. Yeah, that's like I said. They did a narrative music video that tells a totally different story. Mm -hmm. Um, but this one just is my favorite by far compared to the narrative one because it's just the performance quality it just grabs you and doesn't let you go i will i would i do have to say one one criticism though oh, and this no. is because of my older sister so okay. I, I have to i have to speak the truth okay if you're if you're playing a fucking sousaphone and not a proper on the shoulder only marching tuba it's because you're not you're not good enough to actually hold a proper marching tuba well i'm not sure i if some of them some of it was dancers just holding instruments and some of it yeah. was actual musicians playing so that oh, i'm aware i'm aware <laughs> you have no idea if anyone's playing or not but um my older sister was was a was a low brass player and she know. was she she would not lower herself to to play the <laughs> what she called the sissy version of the tuba the sousaphone oh, no. that wraps around you <laughs> as opposed to lugging the absolute giant marching tuba which is basically a tuba but meant to be played on its side 
you hold it on your shoulder with one hand, you hold your music with the other. Well, props yeah. to Anne's sister. That's the that's the for, that's for the, not being a wussy. Yeah, that's the actual. So whenever I see a sousaphone, it's just like <laughs> you're not you're not really you're not really a part of that because if you were real, the cool kids club. Yeah, you're 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 in a sousaphone because it looks cool, but you're not actually strong enough to be low brass. All right. So. Well, now now people know, and every time they see it, they'll they'll know. They won't. And they won't, they'll they'll, they'll won't. judge people. They don't even know the difference between the two instruments. That's they fine. don't. They think euphoniums and baritones are the same. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know what those are. Uh, let's move on to the next song. How were you in band? Well, I was in color guard. I didn't play an instrument. Oh, okay. Okay, so you weren't actually in band. Hey, hey. I marched with the band on the field. That yes, I... exactly. You just said it yourself. You marched with the band. You weren't in the band. Okay, I was a member of the University of Oregon marching band for five years. I'll have you know. So sure you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, with now that fl- we're we're done with judging a flagget me. with a flagget, I'm doing a podcast with a flagget. So am I. Uh, I anyway. was never a flagget. I marched. I played an instrument at the same time. All right. Well, before I say something to get me in trouble anymore, uh, let's move on to the next song. Oh no! Say something to get yourself in trouble more. Uh, let's let's let, let the band geeks. If you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. The people who gave up their instruments to twirl flags—they're not real marching band members. Uh, okay. That's fine. You can think that. The, the next song, I. The, the next chop song, busting will continue as long as I find it funny. Well, that's half the basis of our friendship. So. Yes. We we bust each other's chops. Quite often. <laughs> um, the next song I had you watch, I had you watch the video for Spring Day, and I don't have the date noted here, but I believe it was off of one of their Love Yourself albums, um, which was. Quite a few years before this, I want to say 2017-ish, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, that doesn't really matter. Um, this is, honestly, couldn't be kind of more of an opposite <laughs> song than, um, than, than the on music video. Um, but I just really love, I love the song. It's tells the story of the poignancy saying goodbye to your youth, moving on. There's lots of trains, really obvious train metaphors. They drive by different versions of each other. They're, you know, their younger selves. Um, obviously, the name is Spring Day, so moving from winter to spring, coming through the coldness. They get out of the train at the end, and spring has sprung. And as a, as a metaphor for growing up, um, it's a nice tribute to youth while also showing that we have that we have to move on. We have no choice. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand every metaphor in this music video, like the pile of laundry. I'm I have watched this video countless times, and Sugar's my bias, but I still don't know why he's wraps from a ginormous pile of laundry. Mm-hmm. But anyway, thoughts on Spring Day, Anne. Um, well, here's another bit of, of things that you do need to know. In both Korea and Japan, the school year starts in March. 
So spring day is is not just about this um, moving from winter into spring, but literally moving from one school year to the next. So moving for mm-hmm. moving from their from their youth school to their college, their university, their career. Oh. So there's there's that metaphor tied to it. The train metaphor is obviously the moving forward and being able to look back in the past. And again, remember trains mean different things in countries that have good public transportation. Fair. <laughs> not the US. Yes, fucking not the US. Fuck just <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Remember when I said all good things come out of Detroit? All but one, cars. Mm. Um so yeah, just that that imagery i mean we associate trains with this kind of romanticism in western culture particularly in the united states and canada where we simply gutted our infrastructure to serve the almighty car um the rest of the world sees trains very differently so there's this kind of past romanticism when you or i see a train Mm. whereas when every other civilized country in the world sees a train it's like oh yeah that's how you get around it's the train um i'm glad you brought that up yeah so so uh for those of you who want to know more about that you know go go watch the youtube channels downy live or not just bikes they'll talk a lot about trains i actually have watched a lot of those while i was sick a couple weeks ago uh so i've been i've been kind of kind of inundated with train imagery for the last couple of weeks interesting we all get on Um, weird youtube deep dives sometimes uh, what yep. did you think of the actual musicality of the song? Again, it's just kind of a pop song. It's it's very much this kind of moving forward, very very selfish. But I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just them talking about themselves yeah. and talking about you know how far they've come, where they're going. Um, there's nothing particularly stand out about the song. It doesn't have any. It doesn't have anything really interesting that hooks me into it. It is sweet. But that's true of like basically every BTS song, and that's that's probably what's keeping me the furthest away from like ever becoming a member of Army, is that there's just nothing here for me to sit with for a long time because it's not it's not grabbed me in that way that it clearly has grabbed you and clearly grabbed so many other members of Army. I like it, but it doesn't stay with me. Sure. And it's just, and it's because my perspective is just like, you know, and the reason why I brought up all that stuff about music and all that stuff about, you know, why it is people of certain, I'm still kind of one of those people. I hear pop music and I have to like, you know, fight against my natural instincts. For the longest time I said disco was the worst thing that ever happened to music. Hmm. And then I went back as an adult, not just an angry punk girl. I went back as an adult and I re listened to some of that music and I really sat down and focused with it. And I still have to deal with those knee jerk, like, oh, fuck this pop shit reaction that happens in my brain. Um, yeah. I'm also, you know, and, and just a little bit more about me, I'm also kind of spoiled um, from what New Metal did, uh, mm. which was like this integration of, of hip hop and, and metal music that did not work. There's a lot of people who are Linkin Park fans. I'm not one of them. Not to trash my sister just after praising her. She's like, oh, oh I listen to Linkin Park because I'm a lyric slut. I'm like, you listen to Linkin Park because you don't know what good poetry is. Um, and, oh my gosh, my husband has been listening to Linkin Park nonstop. 
they just released yeah. like a some twentieth anniversary album or something. And, and boy, is it not my kind of music at all. And there's literally nothing wrong with them because the members of that band are 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 genuinely very good people. Like I'm not kidding at all. I am not being glib. I'm just like, nope, not don't want you. it. Don't don't don't. <laughs> you know. I, I make I make the Lincoln Park jokes whenever some someone says in the end, uh, everyone makes that joke because you could you could not not make that joke. So there's a whole bunch of things that trigger in my brain when I hear rapping and pop music. I sometimes it it evokes Blondie, good. Ooh. Sometimes it evokes Lincoln Park, not good. <laughs> in most cases for BTS, it it leans more towards the Blondie side than the Lincoln Park side. So, good. And that's <laughs> why I'm able to enjoy it. It's also, again, you know, this is one of these things that if, you're, that if you are a person like me, you need a guide to actually get anything out of this. Otherwise, you're going to be dealing with your knee-jerk reactions, which is the other thing to say about this. is like, you know, you got to keep an open mind with this stuff because most people, your music taste stops evolving at 25. Mm-hmm. Once you've once you've passed out of high school and your undergrad years in college, who you are is pretty much set in stone. Gosh. And the best music is the music that you listen to from when you were fifteen to to about twenty five. Wow. And everything else is kind of like not as good. I it's, was listening to a lot of country music by the time I was twenty five, and I do not listen to country music anymore. <laughs> well, we'll have to talk about that another time because you should always listen to Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton. Well, that's um, not the era that I was listening to. No, no, the era that you would have been listening to country music in fifteen from fifteen to twenty five was really bad country music. But well, that's a fair, whole other podcast. <laughs> to be fair, it was really bad everything music. There were some bright spots in those years. I remember them because um, <laughs> you're what three years younger than me. So that would that would have been when I was uh, eighteen to twenty eight. I was born nineteen eighty. So yeah, you're three years younger than me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that was that was like ninety six to two thousand and six, and oh boy, was there a lot of shit there at that time. Fucking yeah, <laughs> we thought we people we thought Shania Twain was good. Hey, I that I was listening to Shania Twain. I went to a Shania Twain concert. She not bad. She not good. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> we thought I were, enjoyed not, it. At not, the time. not we not we. I enjoyed it at the time too, because you know I was. 18, 19 years old. And, you know, a, a closeted trans girl is like, ooh, leather pants. I can do that. <laughs> um, Man, I feel like a woman. Yeah, it's kind of obvious there why, why, why a closeted well, trans girl weird. in her early 20s would feel like that. Um, but, you know, so there, there is, and, and again, I bring this up to talk about BTS because this is the stuff that, and I, it's hard for people who are fanatics to understand why someone wouldn't like a thing um, because they just love it so yeah. much with all their heart. And so I think that one of the real challenges of this podcast is in the title becoming army. So this is, this is as much of you sharing your journey um, in hopes that other people will hear it and hopefully have a similar journey as it is trying to introduce me into army, which is never going to happen. Yeah. I'm sorry. At this point, that is. I'm, I in like what? I like everything you've shown me. I don't love anything you've shown me. Yeah, it's been one of the journey definitely one of the journeys I've been on as we've 
been developing this show is I started out trying to like be that army who was that fanatic who was just trying to make my friends love everything I like. Yeah, it doesn't work so well, does it? No, but I, it's kind of evolved now into I just really appreciate that you let me share something I love with you. And oh yeah, because because get to talk it, about something I love. So. And again, for everyone listening to this, this is exactly what you should do with a podcast. You should pick a thing you love to talk about, find someone who's willing to put up with you, and record <laughs> once a month. Oh, thank you for putting up with me. I don't. I do more than put up with you. You know, I love you. I love you too. Anyway, well, we've yeah. strayed far from this song. Is okay. Okay, Spring Day is a, a good here, song. Let me let me let me talk about the beginning of the video really quickly because this this is what kind of set me off on the video. Oh, the, uh, putting his head down on a train track. <laughs> oh God! Just don't just don't get off the platform onto the train track ever. I don't care if it's for a fucking video shoot. Don't ever do that. It gives That's me some... anxiety every time I you see just, it. You just, you just bring the mom out in me. I just want to go over there and grab me. Don't you, ever, don't, you, don't you do that. Don't you get on the tracks. You don't know where the train is. And you might think that you're going to be able to get off the track. You don't know if your foot's going to get stuck or not. Yeah, yeah, it gives me anxiety. <sighs> <laughs> is that what you were going to bring up? Yes. Um, but this this video is beautiful. The song is the song is really really well done, and I think that the pile of laundry is this kind of realization that you have to do your own laundry eventually, oh. <laughs> which I think every young person goes through. It's like how many clothes can I pile up before I actually have to go do laundry? Because there's, there's also J Hope in a pile of like Snickers bars in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's kind of like their vices. They're Kids eating bad food because vices. they don't know what to, they don't know what to eat. Yeah, that could or be. Snickers start, or Snickers part <laughs> sponsored the video, which is also possible. Could be. But there's also you know. this there's also this looking ahead as though they're because this is from six years ago, so this would be uh, 2017, 2016. So they are they are they are saying goodbye to the to the previous beginnings of their career and moving on to the next the next day the next year um which is why i think this the spring day is so important but we've gone a lot on this video we should probably move <laughs> on to the next one yeah well we can talk about that song a little bit differently in the next music video because that's part of it too but um so i didn't watch it at the time but i guess youtube did a whole series of like artists performing for graduates because they couldn't in 2020 they couldn't have like normal graduation ceremonies so this was and, and bts has always been like for youth um like a lot of their songs are for and about being young so that's something that they would want to do and i just think okay it's called dear class of 2020 um and it's mm -hmm. a medley of songs it's boy with love which you haven't heard before. Spring Day, which we just got done talking about. Uh, and then Microcosmos. Um, mm -hmm. I, and I just, this video is like, which just warms my heart every time I see it. They're being, it really, sh like I've been talking for eight episodes about what the magic about them is, really is their dynamic with each other when they're performing. And this video really demonstrates that, I think. It's not like a live, like a big concert. It's like a recorded performance. 
of something they might perform at a concert, but a little less formal. Mm-hmm. Um, what were your initial thoughts on it? This is a pretty fun 12 minutes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing really here to analyze. Um, I didn't have lyrics pages for this. Of course, we just I just watched uh, Spring Day, so I knew that song. But I was, didn't give this, this one okay. to you for the lyrics. It was for the performance, yep. mostly. Yep, and it's perfectly fine. There's little subtle choices that are made in the costuming and the microphones. It's very nice. Um, I did not like that YouTube uh, tried to advertise to me more Class of 2020 shit after this. Um, I get why they did that. I get why they're doing that. Whatever. I don't care. Um, I was I was celebrating being able to work from from home all of 2020 and 2021. So <laughs> sad that that has changed. And and it was kind of in the style a bit of the Tiny Desk concert, which I know mm-hmm. you liked a lot. Uh, and yep. kind of demonstrated different styles of performance. So I thought you might appreciate that. I mean, this is a good introduction. Uh, to BTS. Uh, the only thing that's missing is RM's hair is not properly colored. I forget what color is his hair in this. It's just brown. Oh. It's just brown. <laughs> it's like, no, make it blue, make it pink, just like, come on. In fact, <laughs> none of them have interesting hair color. They're all kind of normal. How dare like, they? That's no fun. <laughs> yeah. The suits are nice and the costume changes are appropriate as they move through the performance. So they do some really interesting um formations and cues with their dancing there's some there's some very nice touches to this that i really did enjoy um and they they move to sitting and again this is this there's nothing wrong with this and they like make eyes at each other while they sing and try to get each other's attention i just assume they're all kissing off screen yeah probably I'm going to be rotten until the, the day I die, so everyone can just like live with that. I'm I would expect assume, nothing less. <laughs> I'm just going to assume any any pairing or grouping of pretty boys are just like... Kissing all, all the time. Totally, totally. <laughs> um, and, you know, hiding it from us because they know that that's, that's what would actually get me to go crazy. Well, you know, them like grabbing each other's necks and, and you know, belting ballads in right at each other is like yeah this seems to be a help. trend in k-pop <laughs> that there's a lot of there's a lot of homoeroticism in k-pop and i'm here for it um <laughs> i'm i'm totally all about that so let's 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 do more of that um but this is just a very nice performance it's a nice film it's a nice idea there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing there's nothing to analyze here so i'm good to move on yeah. to the next song it's fun yeah, it definitely is. Um, mm-hmm. So the next song, the, the story of by becoming army would not be complete without talking about maybe the most awesome part of my journey, which was getting to go see them perform in Las Vegas. And this video is not well, not the exact day that I went to. It was like the next week after I went. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought. I had you watch a, a clip, kind of a medley, um, of their performance, and it it wasn't like their tightly choreographed performance. Again, it was them kind of playing around and being silly, but in front of seventy five thousand people. <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted to give you an idea of of what the atmosphere of the concert I went to was like. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's very chill. It's very relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I guess there's not a lot to say about it. It's a lot of the same things we said about their performance. Um. In the in the YouTube, uh, video medley before. Um. Mm-hmm. I think they performed "Stay" and "So What," which aren't particularly my favorite songs, but they they get an audience hyped up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, any other thoughts on that one? Nope this is a this is a concert performance. This is good. It's it's one of those things where it's very clear they're having to, to use, and they're they're so good at this. And this is one of the best things about. Uh, K-pop is they're very good at, at being able to perform live to recorded music, but still very obviously singing and rapping, and that part is not in the recording. Yeah. So that's and and for people who have a problem with that, you have no idea how fucking hard that is to do. That is incredibly difficult because if you've got a recording, you have no room for error. If you yeah. are fucking up and a live band is fucking live band is there with you, the live band can adjust to you. There is no adjusting this recording. They have to be on perfect. So even though we're talking about casual, even though we're talking about less choreographed, they still have to be fucking perfect. So this is super hardcore rehearsed and super well put together. And the casual nature of it belies the amount of work that goes into making this look like it does. So yeah. when it looks casual and it looks like it's easy, I'm going to tell you it's actually harder because if this were super choreographed, it would be easier to keep themselves on time. Yeah. And you know, they so they got to know where all the cameras are mm-hmm. to do their little jokes and yeah. <laughs> yep. And, the, and 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 a big part of this and you know, people when people whenever people talk about music and and artists and musicians their focus is always on the performance they see it's never on the performance they don't see and the performance they don't see are the decisions being made in the truck the, the decisions that are being made by the director the decisions that are being made um by the lighting director by the sound designer all of these things go into a performance like this that's not to diminish what the seven members of BTS are doing but it's to remember that they are they are only a part of the performance and when i see things like this my mind goes to all the technical stuff that's going on behind the scenes because producing something like this oh my god is it fucking hard yeah and and i want i want army to understand it is not just the seven members of army it's the literal dozens of people working on the stage working in the truck making yeah. sure the video is synced up making sure the audio is synced up making sure ever doing tests making sure everything works perfectly that's what allows it to go off perfectly yeah if one of those people screws up their job the concert sucks yeah and so not, not to mention this this clip i showed you didn't have any of the pyrotechnics in it which is a mm-hmm. whole nother ball of wax yeah um, and that's that's incredibly difficult and dangerous to perform around um yeah. and so there there's a lot of stuff that there's a lot of stuff that looks simple or casual to us because we're focused on the performers. But if you've spent any time behind the camera, if you spent any time behind the stage, uh, not on the stage, you know 
you know that that is not the case. And the most casual thing can be the hardest thing to film because the hardest thing to actually capture on camera is someone acting natural. Yeah. Well, they do a great job at it. They put on an awesome performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've just looked at the clock and realized how long we're performing. So we're not performing. We're performing. We're always performing. Podcast. (laughs) How how long we've been talking. Um, so let's move on to the next thing I had you watch, which was mm-hmm. um, for you. So that con- that concert was in April. Uh, the next thing I had you watch was off of their their Proof album, which was an anthology album they put out uh, last June. Um, and it's for youth, and they performed it at Music Bank, which is one of the staple uh, K-pop shows. Um, and I I I really think this performance is adorable. Um, it gives me that kind of classic Motown boy group style. I don't, I don't know if you kind of got that off of it, but like just them all standing in a row, not doing really fancy choreography, but kind of grooving with each other. Um, the the performance was shot not long after they announced that they were going to be concentrating on solo activities, um, not doing group tours or albums for a while. And that kind of gave their performance an extra poignancy to a lot of armies, along with the song basically being about army. Um, um, It it starts out with army singing at them, one of their songs. um, And it's one of the first times they actually got to perform for a live Korean audience, which obviously since the pandemic would mean more to them than you know, their big, huge stadium tours. They actually, like, the people that supported them from the beginning, you know, their local art, Korean armies, you know, being able to hear their pan, pan their, uh, their cheers, you know. Yep. I've already said all the best things come from Detroit. That includes Motown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there are attempts here to feel a little bit like The Temptations or Smokey Robinson, The Miracles. I'm not going to compare them to The Temptations or Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, even though I just did, um, <laughs> because I don't think that's a fair comparison to either. There, re- there really is no comparison to this. They are evoking some of that image of, like, Stutes standing in line, classic Motown, classic R&B. Perfectly fine. They're not doing anything I'm not, I have a problem with. I'm a little... That we've moved from glow sticks to, the, to those lanterns that the crowd is, is shaking at them. Um, okay. <laughs> that well, kind of... I'm, I don't remember what was in the, the TV show performance, but it, army bombs yeah. is what they were using. Okay. I think, which is the so, same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's perfectly, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly serviceable. There's nothing wrong with this. The context that you added about this is, this is the performance they did right after they announced they're going to be focused in solo projects, which by all accounts of, of what we talked about in the first um seven full episodes fine good yeah. um and then they're going to come back together and they're going to have more stuff to talk about and it's going to yep. be great so mm-hmm. there's nothing nothing wrong with this um some hand holding which you know i'm all for because it just means they're actually kissing backstage <laughs> yep obviously. they don't want they don't want to kiss on stage because every single member of army would simultaneously explode and bring about the end of the universe um they're, they're they're preserving the universe by not kissing on stage. That's my. Well, I, sh- I appreciate that of them. So, so yeah, it's a lot nothing... of weight on their shoulders. 
I know. Um, if if you see if you see two two members of BTS lock lips, that's it. That's that's all for not humanity, not the planet. That's all for the universe. The universe will simply explode mm-hmm. of the joy of the BTS fandom because there's not a single. I mean, you, you can all you can all pretend that you're not into it, but you you're all totally into it. I I don't pretend. <laughs> I, I, I'm so, so I I'm pretend maybe a them, tiny bit. I mean, I mean, some of them pretend that they're just like into the boy, the pretty boys individually. They're into their bias. They want to marry them. They write their name in the notebook. But really, honestly, Army, let me talk to you for a moment. You know I'm right about this. You know if you saw two any any two members of BTS making out, you would just explode Implode. in pure joy. You would just explode in pure joy, and I would. every other and every other member, you'd cease to you'd cease to be. All the kinetic energy in your body would just explode. And we're talking about the biggest <laughs> fandom in the world, with like a billion fans. Like the it. chaos the that universe. would ensue, yeah. The, the, just the, the 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 black hole that would that would rip into existence from all of BTS army exploding at once because you know, pick them. RM and Jimin started making out. Oh my god! So, so it's already it has ready to go to off the rails if we continue down this line of thinking. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying <laughs> that you, you know I'm right about this army. It's really pretty, and you know what a way to go. <laughs> well, it, right. it's a it's a it's a great song and a great performance. Yep. Um, the last thing I had you watch um, is the most recent. It's also mm-hmm. off that same album, um, but it's the run song is called run um dance practice and i've probably talked about it a little bit um but they do at least they used to do years ago more um videos like this to all their songs so that people could try and learn the dances and they could really concentrate on the dance performance apart from the vocal performance they're not singing in this they're just i know performing to a track i'm sure you knew um but just as kind of a description of, of yep. what the video is. Um, and they, so they did a concert in Busan in October, which is basically the last thing they did as a group together before um, Jin went off to enlist. Um, and so that's kind of the, the most recent thing to include in here. Um, I, like army was not expecting them to release this because we were already like emotionally preparing ourselves for you know the solo contents and the the them moving on to not be as as fire dance performers because in you know in their their el- elderly age of their late 20s <laughs> um yeah we all expect their style of performance to change so when we got this the song is already i love the song um but the performance the dance performance of this was like ah amazing <laughs> yeah this this was of the things that you've shown me this is the most impressive of the dance performances yeah. and it was a lot of fun to watch and it was really energetic and we've been going for over an hour and i know we need to wrap up so you need because you're going to dinner so we can't go too long on this <laughs> but i just wanted to very quickly say this was a good end to the uh, series of videos that you gave uh, for me to watch, and so I'm okay with it. It's just, it's my appreciation <laughs> for the talent of these seven very pretty boys is incredibly high. But as it should be, 
nothing here has touched me the way in which you talk about it. And so Aww. if you were to ask me, if you were to ask me the, the, the question that you ended the first seven episodes with, have, are, are you any closer to a bias? No, I'm not. I wasn't going to ask you that. <laughs> I'm not. And it's, it's, it, this is still something that I'm not going to go seek out. Did I have fun uh, last week and this week going over the playlist a couple of times? Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's really oh, yeah. high energy stuff. But it's not the stuff that I'm going to be um, choosing to listen to because this isn't the stuff that gives me energy. This and and right now that's a big part of what I need. So, so, so what I would ask you is, what did you get out of these videos that you didn't get out of all the individual episodes and performances that I had you watch? Mostly what I talked about when I said this is up. This is the real episode one, and when I talked about the tiny desk concert with you with you before. This is where, if if we were to do this again, this is where I think we should have started. Mm. Do the introduction to the band, then the individual members. Mm. And so I think that I think that this, I, I think that in the format that we originally conceived the show, here's some behind the curtain scenes for all of Army. The original title of the show is going to be "Who's Your Bias?" Yeah. But we found and out that somebody already had a podcast with them. Somebody already got that podcast. So Becoming Army became became the thing. And we slightly changed the focus of it. But we didn't change that original format. And I think that was a mistake. But I think mm-hmm. it was a happy accident because we got a lot of really good content out of that uh out of that mistake. So I'm not I'm not complaining. But I think that if you're going to introduce Army to someone who was interested or curious and didn't have you know, because again, I don't have a huge, huge background in K-pop, but I do have a decent amount, enough background in just Asian pop in general through years of watching anime and then looking up Thai pop and looking up uh, some K-pop and and other um, uh, J-pop and J-rock uh, throughout, you know, my mid-20s to my mid-30s. And some of that will be touching on later. Um, because that's going to be part of some of the stuff that Seth and I talk about um, to to keep it interesting. It will not be a, a major feature of the show. It'll be like one out of like eleven or twelve episodes. That's not a hint for when for when Anne takes over the show is happening because we haven't even talked about that shit yet. Well, a lot would but... have to change in your life for you to take over a show. <laughs> oh no, oh, you no. have to yeah. have the time for that. <laughs> I'd have to have the time to put that together. So right now I'm happy to let Soph write the show and all I have to do is watch videos and then uh, come on and talk about it because, you know, so I think that this this uh, seeing the performers group in so many of these different settings and seeing the, the videos shift from focusing on music to focusing on dance and performance to focusing on, you know, who they are as people, all of that has been very eye-opening, very interesting, uh, definitely definitely worth the time all of this is very good all of this is very good it, you if you if you enjoy music if you enjoy dance um you will watch a bts performance and you'll be able to enjoy both the music and the dance and if you are of that guard of people who came up in the 80s with your middle fingers extended towards pop music let let your guard down let your guard down because there's something special here and there's something worth your time it may not become your thing it certainly hasn't become my thing but i'm having fun and as long as i'm having fun we'll keep going oh well that's, before that's i fun. start sobbing 
um, with how much I love you and how much I love BTS. Um, I I really want to thank everybody for for listening to my story today, my journey of how I became Army. Uh, the show can be found at Becoming Army Pod on Twitter and Becoming Army Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I can be found at Lisa3325 on Twitter, uh, where you can recently find me like sobbing my eyes out and throwing things and raging because I can't afford to go to uh, Yunki's recently announced tour. Um, but somehow I've paused that to come record the show. Um, Anne, where can people find you? Um, you can still find me at Anne underscore Elise on Twitter, where I'm barely posting. Um, we talked about this in lots of podcasts. Twitter's fucking dead. Twitter's fucking dead. Fuck Elon Musk. Fuck everything that he stands for. Yes. Um, yes. You know, just, you know, just a terrible human being uh, who made yes. all of this money off of apartheid and then came over to the United States and invested it. Because, yeah, that's what he is. That's what he did. And um, Fuck that guy. He's never, he's never invented a single fucking thing in his life. He just was a rich kid who could invest money. Smash the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. Smash Eat the, the rich. rich. <laughs> Eat the rich, definitely. Fricassee the rich. Um, so, yeah, I'm still on Twitter. We are still doing other shows. We have not been doing other shows. And, in fact, I am so far behind and so exhausted. I know I've managed to keep my energy up for this show. But that is simply because if you put a microphone in front of me and you tell me I'm t- it's time for me to perform, I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, unless unless I'm being asked to put up with my family, and then you know it's a whole bunch of you know, uh, punk trans girl fuck yous. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going. There's limits. There's limits to everything. But if you're asking me to get on a microphone and perform with my friends, I can always do that. Um, even when I'm dead tired, even when I don't feel like it, I probably could have done this when I was sick. There would just been a lot of pausing for me to run to the bathroom and back, um, and we would have fixed it in post. Um, so, yeah. You're around. Our shows, our shows are coming back. So just just a quick rundown. Um, both Emily and I have had our jobs just be kind of misery factories for the last two months. Um, I actually like the work that I'm doing, and things are getting better for me at both jobs for various reasons. But it's still a lot of work, and it's taking it's taken its toll on me uh, since I came back from my vacation. Um, in mid-January, and so I am physically, emotionally very drained, and I just don't have the energy to put together podcasts. Um, but Anne and Emily Wrestle Podcast is coming back relatively soon. We have an episode from January I still need to edit and put out. Q for Fun will come back um, for March or April at some point in time. I don't know when. Um, we got to coordinate schedules with Wicked Kitten. Uh, we got to do other things anime sweater and view for fun remain on hiatus for a while until i am down to a single full-time job instead of working two full-time jobs and if there's anyone out there who thinks i'm exaggerating it no no i wish i were i wish it was a joke it really isn't (laughs) it's really not i'm really I, i i post a whole thing in our in our show host channel on our discord where i explain everything that was going on and just the horribleness of what working two full-time jobs that you really care about and really love working because I really do love both my jobs. I know it's hard for people to understand. You know, you complain about how tired you are. Yeah, because I am tired from work. Doesn't mean I don't love what I do. It just means I'm really tired. Um, but that's changing soon, just not soon enough. Yay. 
just not soon enough. It's gonna it's gonna come to a head at the start of May, and then we'll be off and running. It might happen sooner, um, which you know will change things. But at a certain point this year, I will be rested. I will be healthy, and all of our shows will come back with a schedule. And we will keep to that schedule, and we will be able to bring you the kind of content that we have imagined for a number of years, because one fewer of us will be working more than we can afford to work. Well, I am um, excited for that time. And also, it's it, it's network rules. We must plug Wicked Kittens Horror Podcast. Gore! Gore! Yeah, everyone has to go listen to Gore, even if, even if, and especially if you don't like horror movies, but you want to know what horror movies are all about, which is the best, which is the best reason to listen to horror podcasts, and Wicked Kittens Gore is the best thing to, to best podcast for that kind, um, and it's just a great show. It really, really is. I do not like horror movies at all. I love Gore, and it's not just because Wicked Kittens my friend, and it's not just because I'm afraid that she's going to claw me to death if I don't talk nice about her podcast. <laughs> She's gonna claw me to death anyway. Swick kid. Um, <laughs> she can't help it. I know it's her nature. Um, like, wh- why are we friends with these people that want to murder us? I don't get it. I don't know. You We're know, friends with dragons. dragons and kittens. <laughs> we like pain. <sighs> pain listen and suffering. To Q for fun if, listen to Q for fun if you want to know more about know, know more about our our group dynamic. Um, well, I I look forward to when we are able to do that, and I look forward to sharing more with you and next time about my becoming army journey this has been becoming army